Ah, it took a minute. It took a minute, but we're here. We're live. Hello. Uh, this is Loose Cannon. Um, someone double check for me and make sure that the audio is working because I'm, I'm just like a little paranoid about it. Yeah, um, who it is. I just opened it and checked. Okay, awesome. So as you can see, we have Baxter up there. Guardian doesn't have a camera. Rhino doesn't have a camera. Um, but oh, we're damn. here. We were gonna do a we were gonna do a card trick, but as all um, card tricks and magic tricks oh, are, they yeah. are rigged. And Guardian and I forgot, or I forgot to tell Guardian what the rig was, so I ruined it. But I mean, it was it, <laughs> it was it was a joke on uh, the Borderlands three presentation. So <laughs> let's just get right into uh, uh, Destiny talk. So you want to hear a story, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's hear a story about Destiny, though. Um, so last week we started talking about the light in the dark. Uh, Guardian couldn't join us last week. Were you sick? Yeah, I was pretty much on the couch shivering the whole time. So. Mm. That sucks. Um, but you actually have a, a very old theory that I was so excited to like actually get more of because it's just it's kind of. Um, it feels like it's coming true. Like the the universe is being set up to actually say yes to your old theory, um, specifically from the um, the new Gambit Prime class items. I think it's on the uh, Warlock. The Warlock bond. It mentions uh, when the Drifter was on the ice planet. Just in case uh, we didn't cover it last week, when the Drifter was on the ice planet, he hunted down the ghosts of the people he killed and he used them to make his ghost more powerful and he specifically mentions um ghosts could now tap into spectrums of light no one on earth had seen yet spectrums beyond the light don't get me wrong i'm no herald of the dark this was a kit bash job so that kind of um sets the stage for guardians theory do you want to just like start out with that and just like really get us going yeah, so the theory really is it's not that complicated, and it's one that does exist in the real world. Um, and it all kind of started with, I think it was Taken King, right? Mm-hmm. That was when the theory started. Yeah. Um, after reading the whole entire book of Oryx um, and getting through to it and just kind of coming to the conclusion that the light and darkness don't actually exist... Like, there is no true light and there is no true darkness. Those are just shades of energy. And the world is kind of... It didn't really seem to be going that way until recently, where now we're starting to see more of, like, walking the line between light and dark. You have kind of your gray areas. Like, we're doing a lot more stuff that's like, hey, you're not doing what Guardian should be doing. Like, hey, you're not walking in the light. Which is kind of showing that our guardian understanding and people we're running into who are way smarter than us have a better understanding that the light isn't like its own force. Like the light and the darkness are not two opposite forces that exist in the world as they are, but they're more of just two beings that oppose each other that use the same energy that everyone else uses just in different mm-hmm. ways. And so like with the drifter's ghost it's like he can tap into a different spectrum of light and he's like i'm no herald of the dark it's like 
well, why would you say it can tap into more light? But also, I'm not like for the dark or anything. It's like, so are you using the dark? Like, is that what you're? That's that's how it reads for me. Yeah, it, it reads that way for me as well because it's kind of, it's like, it's an odd thing to say if that's not what he's hinting at. Yeah, right. You know, like, like. I'm no Herald of the Dark, but I can I can go beyond the spectrum of light that most guardians can use. Kind of implies that that's what the that's what a Herald of the Dark would do. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm no Herald of the yeah, Dark. Normally. I can't even use the dark. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to offend anybody, anyway, wink. but <laughs> disregard the man behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's yeah, pretty much what everyone says to make themselves feel better about what they're doing. Oh, I'm not really playing with the dark, <laughs> but I am. But don't and, worry yeah. about it. That's We're rationalizing our bad decisions. That's kind of what um, he was going on about. Like, uh, early Drifter is talking about how, like, back in the dark age, even using void light was considered heretical. And he thinks, like, that the Vanguard is too strict. The Praxic Order is too strict. We need to use darker things. So it's like, mm. it's this whole basis on that. He actually understands that light and dark are just like two sides of the same spectrum. And it's like, we're, we're, we're all getting closer and closer to this middle point, but we're, we're mm. still drawing the line in the sand and saying, we can't go over that point though, because that point is the dark and we won't do that. But I think it's interesting because there are definite philosophical differences. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, it, it's one thing to say, okay, you shouldn't use void. But right? would that be the sky but, and the deep? Like, yeah, the, the well, philosophy? I, yeah, I, I mean, that I, that's what, I, that's what I, I feel as though it can't just be a coincidence that all of the, the bad people in the universe are using one side of this mm-hmm. spectrum. Yeah. And all of the good people are using the other side of this spectrum. Like... If, right. if it is just a spectrum of energy and anybody can use any energy, then why isn't the traveler using all of the the spectrum? Do you know what I mean? Like, what what is it that's? Yeah, I think the I think the distinction is <clears throat> it's not a question of of good or bad. It's just there are good people that do bad things with dark and or light. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, good I, has been done with with or bad has been done with light. And I would not be surprised to hear that good has been done with dark either. I mean, to say that void was once heretical, void was viewed as using the dark. Like, we've done very good things with, with void. Yeah, like, that's true. Um, well, Defender Bubbles. <laughs> yeah. They're the yeah. only good. They're the only good. Everything else is like, pretty, like, fuck you Look. about it, but... Well, still, like, Night Stalkers is, is, you know, like, not... Well, everyone hates Night Stalkers and Mayhem. That's that's what I'm saying. They're not doing anything well, un- there. Unless unless they're on your team. Yeah, then that. everyone loves them. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually an interesting point. With Void being seen as the heretical, the only subclasses that actually have a suppression ability are Void. We have the, the mm-hmm. Titans with the suppressor grenade, which is a Void grenade, and we have the, the Hunter with the night the dusk bow, which will suppress abilities. So it's mm-hmm. that is actually kind of Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but that's the void that's the void the vamp I mean the vampiric nature of the void that the warlocks wield. Mm-hmm. What's that all about? It kind of drains the enemy. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, drain <laughs> the light, give it to me type of deal. Yeah. Ooh. And you know the so the, we're already the phone kind of dark guardians in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, like the Thorn Quest as mm-hmm. well. It has in D one and D with both of the Thorn Quests in D one and the in in D two have had some sort of void connection, right? Yeah. I wonder I mean, if uh, that's why Void was seen as heretical. It was maybe. like, oh, you're making a thorn that requires Void light, so clearly Void is bad. Mm. Maybe. You know, you could Although, be honest. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, didn't Felwinter use Void? But I guess but I guess that kind of negates like okay, so f- for Titans, I mean, that was one of the verse you know, I mean, the shield was to protect mm-hmm. everything inside. And they saw that as, as using void light in a protective way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that was like the um, the kind of divide. Because like when you look at when we when in Taken King when we got the Night Stalker class, Cade was kind of like, you know, be careful with that. You know, that'll <laughs> that'll mess you up. So like I can kind of see where like void being bad was observed, and maybe it was Defender Titans who were like, no, void can be used for good. Although even so, um, there's another uh, there's like a uh, quest step where Ikora is kind of mocking Zavala and how he thinks it's like kind of stupid that um, Warlocks use Void for like such massive destruction and she's like what do you think happens when people shoot your uh, uh, Ward of Dawn? It vaporizes the bullets like just because you're using it to protect doesn't mean it's not massively destroying everything. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember when they did that Vidoc, and they even talked about how Void was very much uh, uh, gravity. That was pretty. That was a mm. big news for us when we finally mm. got confirmation what uh, Void was bound by, or what energy they were trying to. Um, what's the word? Describe, I guess. You know, in the real world, for us to kind of connect the dots. <clears throat> and uh, what kind dancing of a key point to to say that. Hmm. To say that to say that void was bound by was bound by gravitational force. Mm-hmm. And uh, what Dancing Gurud has said uh, that's another thing. The hive and taken use the same three elemental energies, and light and darkness aren't elements. So tapping into darkness would just enable different types of perk trees for the existing three elemental damages. So like that's exactly what I think. Whenever someone says like, "Oh, we're gonna get dark guardians," I don't want to be like, "Oh yeah, now I'm using dark." power no it's like i'm still using solar power i'm just using the oh that's not the right way to use it solar power you know it's so like i put that's... it in the chat i put it in the chat if you look at the um i was just playing around and i was looking at color wheels and trying because you know being an artist and seeing the different colors i'm always one click around what what's opposite of what right mm-hmm. so if you think of uh, red yellow blue in regular reflected uh, color palettes that mm-hmm. you use to paint uh, that's one thing, but if you look at light, um, it's different. So you have spectrums of light that diffract differently. But whenever they meet in the center, they all either either make black, true black, or they make true light. You know, so you have a void of light and and, uh, and a, just a pure white. Mm-hmm. Um, but the primary colors are very much what they're using within the game. Some of them we haven't seen yet, but if you look, there's you know, there's purple, there's the cyan, and then there's yellow, or I say magenta, cyan, yellow, so solar, arc, void, but then you have, like, green, you know? What do we associate with green? You know, we think about 
the you know the hive and the the thorn with its green uh, eye and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, I think they might be onto something, or it might not mean anything. But if you if you look at the the way that the colors kind of meet in mm-hmm. the middle, there's definitely something to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just looking at color wheels now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, there's color wheels, but there's like a distinction. There's color. There's there's light color wheels, and then there's just straight palettes of color. But yeah, like if color, looking at, light spectrum. Yeah, and look, yeah. If you look at the spectrum of visible light that we can detect as human beings, I mean, there's a whole array of of colors that we can't even perceive uh, that that exist that we we just don't have the visual capabilities, the physical capabilities, being able to. Detect. But um. In between each one of those colors, there are ribbons of black, and that's because when the waves sync up, the um, the waves negate each other. So whenever you have uh, a division in the spectrum, if you look at the if you look at light through a prism and then you see it uh, refracted on a wall, there are very distinctive lines in between each color, and that's because that's where the colors have met and made true black. Mm-hmm. And those are the lines that you see in between the colors. Mm-hmm. So then, I have a question. When mm-hmm. when Gaul came and took our light, you know, he shields the traveler. That's that's kind of what triggered the Drifter and his crew to kill each other out on that icy planet because they all thought mm-hmm. one of them took the light from each other, and mm-hmm. one of them was like hiding it. So ultimately, the Drifter lives and he upgrades his ghost. What happens now if something happens to the traveler? Could the Drifter still do stuff like? Mm-hmm. Well, if if light and dark are of the same, but our power is tied to the traveler, why is it tied to the traveler specifically? If the traveler does die, are we no longer guardians? Are we useless? Or could we learn to to get a power source of something else? I don't so, I mean, think so. I mean, I, just going off of what we've seen so far and witnessed so far, I would just say no. Hmm. But my reasoning is only because, you know, Cabal were able to turn off the light switch and we were very much disconnected from its source. Mm-hmm. So that means that that by logic, in my mind, that means that if the traveler was completely dead, evaporated, disappeared, <clears throat> annihilated, whatever, then that very much breaks the connection we have with the light. Just from my understanding, I don't see how it's, I don't see how we would be able to get light any other way. Mm. So if you look at the. That, you know the storyline of um, Vanilla Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. We lose our light. We go to the shard of the Traveler, and then we get our light back before every other Guardian does. Mm. What is it? What is it that happened there? What is it that you know? It, and it seemed like no other Guardians could get their light from the, you know canonically anyway. No other Guardians I know where you're going could get well, their light from the shot of the we weren't, we weren't the only ones who saw the vision though. Like Tyra saw the vision. She just chose not mm-hmm. to go. So mm-hmm. could there have been other Guardians who had gotten their light but instead of being like I need to go find Zavala there were other Guardians who were like I need to go protect some people. Like I need to yeah. I don't care if it's just a group of five I need to protect them. And it's just they're they're the the kind of small time hero. We're like we're like mm-hmm. no, we need to fight the red war. And others like I just need to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. Well, there are other people in the non that believe that maybe the entire uh, road that was laid out in front of us was purposeful and set forth by the nine. And the reason why we were led to that shard 
was because of that tether that they left for us to uh, come chase. So there, there's that aspect too to think of. Well, so what what uh, Rhino there is is referencing is um, one of the later entries in the Dust lore book. It was, um, I think, it was the entry of the Witch, where um, what's her name? Um, not. Um, uh, the uh, dust is about a cryptarch going to find the nine, and so later on she finds the nine, uh, Lavinia. Uh, thank you, Dancing Vero. Um, and a witch is all like, "Oh yeah," um, talking to her, and she like sees all the the truth about the nine, and she sees how one of the nine kind of cloaked the Red Legion's attack arrival so that the dead orbit troops and future war cult couldn't actually see it coming and that was what like gave them that like ability to actually surprise us yeah they they couldn't see us through the satellite array network mm-hmm. or we couldn't see them through the satellite but array. so like that that play there for the nine was gaul is coming to take light they were like i want to know how to take light too so if we watch gaul do it we can do it I don't see any of the nine being like, okay, now also let's, let's send out this guardian to go get light and being, you know, like if, cause if it was that simple, they would have, they clearly knew if they knew you could just go to this shard of the traveler and get light from it, they would have just well, done that. Th- yeah. I don't think that people are saying that they knew, I don't think that they have like the, the capability of, predicting accurately the future every time i think that it was mm. just an experiment like the drifter was we may have been and this i'm only i'm only speaking on behalf of some of the people that believe that that was an intentional thing set by the night so let's 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 explore that for a second what if let's just say what if they thought in order for us to figure out how um, they are able to use manifest light whatever mm-hmm. Let's throw this obstacle out there and see what happens. You know, like throw a toy in front of the kid and see how he plays with it, so we can understand that. You know, maybe, maybe there's something to that. Mm. It's just only one of them wanted Gaul to get through, and that one was punished. You know, the rest of them were like, "No, what are you doing? Like, we need them. You're you're risking their survival. Survival. You can't do that." So but also, also, you know that there's a parallel story that happened there too. Also, mm-hmm. Aldrin, you know, was very much out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, uh, Baxter. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, can we talk a little bit about the motivation of the nine? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I if I remember rightly, so there's a there's a group of five and a group of four mm-hmm. that have pretty different goals um well i suppose they all have the same overall goal which is survival survival yeah but um the the five kind of believe that so that there are there are four who want to find an alternative way is that Mm -hmm. is that a a right way of of, of putting it so the Um, nine the nine um the Nine's existence hinges on our existence, uh, this solar system's ex- conscious existence. And mm-hmm. so when the Traveler came, they were like, oh my god, wait, maybe we can find a way to exist without the solar system. Mm-hmm. Right. After so long of not figuring out the light, five of them stayed true to the light. Four of them said, we need to find a different way. And the current 
uh, attitude for the different way seems to be the dark, which mm-hmm. per this podcast almost seems a little ignorant of the nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So do we know? So the the one who shielded Gaul mm-hmm. was was that one of the five? No idea. I would imagine if they were punished for yeah. almost taking out the light. I would imagine yeah. they were punished, or one of the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we, we've learned so much more about the nine over the last few weeks. It's almost overwhelming. Um, it is, it really but is. It, still, yeah. it still doesn't clear up some of the, you know, uh, that there's so much to, to, to take apart that it, that it's understandable that it doesn't clear up everything. But it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's interesting because Bungie have answered a lot of questions one of the things that I think Bungie have done really well over the last nine months, especially with Season of the Drifter, is they've answered a lot of questions, but it's just raised more questions. Mm-hmm. Well, you um, know, another thing, um, too, Baxter, is they're dealing with very philosophical ideals now. And some mm-hmm. people some people are just, you know, staring blankly at the, at the, at the screen like I am when I see some of these <laughs> new things. And I'm like, huh? You know, I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, being somebody who's very rooted in the items and descriptions of labor text and mm-hmm. you know the real life uh, uh, connected connective uh, lore, <clears throat> you know it's sometimes really difficult for me to grasp some of these higher concepts that they've started approaching. And so I, I feel for a lot of the people that are out there reading this for the very first time and just now getting into the lore and experiencing mm-hmm. it at face value and going, what in the hell are they talking about you know it's very much overwhelming but i think some of the very fundamental things that they've started talking about here recently are new um philosophies and concepts that have recently emerged over the last couple of decades in in our real life um as far as dark matter as far as energy that is beyond our spectrum as far as uh concepts of uh of even spirituality, some of these things that they're approaching now are very much uh, new. Well, I mean, we haven't had a hundred years of, of hypothetical discussion over it. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's interesting that they're starting to use some of the newer, popular, um, you know, theor- theorisms, theor- theories. <laughs> Since we're talking a little bit about the nine, should we watch the um, the invitations of the nine? So that's what I just, um, you know, I, I think I, I think I kind of messed up there. I'm not sure if it'll capture the audio. Oh. I I hope it will. Okay. I don't think it will. Should I? I'll open up the. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, we have uh, prepared a little, uh, not zero, that's not it. Um, we have prepared a little review of this week's uh, Trials of the Nine, or Invitation of the Nine. And so um, we're going to watch that now. I'm going to hit play. Hopefully the sound comes through. Can someone else hit play? It's doing that thing again. Anyone? I can do it. Thank you. Oh, somebody else did it. So the audio, uh, the audio is coming through. Wonderful. 
Uh, so every week we get an invite from Zer. Uh, every week it is a tarot card. This week is the third one. First one being the world, second one being justice, third one being the high priestess. Uh, the high priestess brings us here. it tries to make audio come back at us mm-hmm. so um yeah so that was that was the third visit to the nine the second time we actually saw the nine talking too and um mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts about it i didn't notice this i saw someone in the ishtar discord say this when the nine start talking there's like this ring of like energy kind of mm-hmm. pulsating on the edges of the screen and that's that's just one of my favorite like tiny additions where it's like oh my yeah. god that nails it for me yeah. Hmm. I think some people as well. Uh, I guess it depends on ooh, ooh, which ooh, way. Sorry, you're I got. I got to interrupt you. Uh, Sean Vertigo oh. just mentioned someone brought up the fact that there are five orbs surrounding that platform. Mm. So it's like the five that are still working with the emissary. Maybe that's, mm. that'd be a nice. Touch it's kind of it's 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 weird how much this all of the environments that the nine um, that are associated with the nine mm-hmm. have potential for so much symbolism mm. like there's there's so much going on and you know like that the alpha lupi kind of symbols mm-hmm. are, are all over the place mm-hmm. it's really it's it's difficult to know you know bungie you're really good at um leaving clues and and kind of having you read into things and a lot of those are kind of red herrings and it's hard to know which ones are important and which ones aren't mm. but there's 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 definitely it's it's definitely possible that the five orbs yeah. are related to the five members of representation the nine. of the of the yeah. five yeah and yeah. um Ooh. just what uh Egenetter? Egenetter? Uh, i'm sorry i'm i'm very sorry that is <laughs> a hard name to say hashtag next act which mm. exactly we we have mara fighting in the next act that giant mara statue slowly turning its head to to the guardian that was creepy and yeah. awesome and it's like the nine are saying how mara is like already fighting the next act we know that it's happening and there's just like so much coming up and it's like this huge battle is just about to happen and we're just like so mm. close to it yeah mm. i feel you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the Aphelion. Like, are they are the Aphelion the next act, or is that just like another threat that's going to come down the line? Yeah, well, I kind I kind of think it's interesting that that you know, if the Aphelion are in some way related to the pyramids, hmm. then it's interesting that the the Awoken have already encountered them. Mm-hmm. Like, and how how does that you know why? If they are as big a threat as they seem to be, why is it that we 
we don't know more about them already, like when the Awoken already know about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're very secretive. Well, the Awoken also, like, kind of have contact with the Nine, and we've, like, I remember the speaker saying, if only the Nine would help, and it's like, can they help, though? Like, can they really? (laughs) They're kind of useless. Well, they are, but at the same time, like, like, how is it that... How is it that they are able to send us these weapons via uh, and well, how see, is that was it... the other that was the other thing is you know how how much of that is motivated by their own curiosity or if they're trying to manipulate our 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 existence <clears throat> yeah but 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 i just i just mean you know like like physically speaking how is oh, it how like yeah like what is it I don't yeah. know. I mean, let, can we talk about the um, the uh, snippet of Zer and how he got his back broken? I oh, mean, yeah. I don't know how, that, how that's kind of relevant, but sure. <laughs> it's an odd. It's, a, it's an odd. I love that they did that. I love that they threw yeah. that like little Easter egg in for all the people that are like, I wonder why he's so hunched over. And it's like, this <laughs> I can tell you, but like, that's so weird. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, we know, I, and I don't want to go into the whole entire story about it, but we know that the the nine uh, took their time getting here because it was a it was a pretty, I mean, it took a lot for them to get here in a way that was physical, mm-hmm. um, according to what we know now, and so that raises a that raises the question of Zer and how he is, exists. But look at his misshapen, oddly, you know, figured form. And his, you know, tentacle snake face, all that stuff that's going on with him, and how he's bringing, you know, gifts of the nine. I just, I can't help but wonder if he was, <laughs> if he was just kind of a, not a mistake, but just wasn't what they imagined would be what their physical form <laughs> would have been if they had gone here. So that's actually one of the lines that, um, um, Orin, the emissary, mentions when you go into Gambit Prime, she says how, like, um, Zer was kind of a prototype for communication with the Guardians, and she's the more refined <laughs> model. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, when you think... I, I suspect Zer was kind of built from scratch, you know? It sounds like, like it, right? Yeah, like, Zer yeah. was like, okay, we need someone to be a, an our emissary to to the guardians let's create someone yeah and then they're like okay well this was the best we could come up with uh and then orange shows up and they're like you know what maybe rather than making somebody from scratch we can just like upgrade someone what do you mean they don't like face tentacles what is that not normal (laughs) my god guardians they're so picky (laughs) <laughs> See, that's a scary thing. If they have the capability of of using uh, one of our own people as a shell, mm-hmm. well, what else could they do? So, really quick about that. Um, as I mentioned, as we were going into that the uh, the invitation, we had the world justice, and now we have high priestess. Um, each of them have Ooh. a flavor text, which as you as we get more of them, people pay attention. As we get more of them, they will tell us kind of a story. It's kind of a dialogue of the nine. And um, just so you're prepared, it's actually dialogue of the five and then the dialogue of the four. So now we have the first three from the five, um, which would read fully. We asked to see you. We chose our emissary because she chose us. 
but our first alliance, Zer, remains our most tenuous. So that's that the three uh the three pieces. So Orin literally went out there and was like, Hey, nine, I wanna I wanna like work for you and they're like, Okay, cool. You'll be better than that that weirdo. That also, <laughs> um I you didn't even you didn't even say it. When Orin went out to the nine, Zer was there and she Zer kind of spooked Orin, who was a guardian, who was a sunbreaker, and she's like, Oh goddamn and <laughs> hits him with her fucking hammer and breaks his back. <laughs> Which just like, oh my god, that's that's good lore. This yeah, this breaks Zer's back. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, there it is. He'll oh, never stand it. straight again, is what they say. <clears throat> yeah. It's kinda of weird if you think about it. like he used to he used to stand up straight. He probably had great posture. I can't imagine him ever standing up straight. That's weird. That's like a that's like that's like a, a cursed image. Like the thing that you're not supposed to see. It's like Zer standing yeah. up straight, like uh uh-uh. uh. No, no. I always thought I always got I always thought about the Lego, the Lagoko from Halo and the worms that make up the hunters in that game. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that, right? No. No. Okay, so there's these there's these gigantic, you know, tank alien guys, and they're called hunters, right? And they're these big purple dudes with spikes on their backs, and they have this green hand cannon mm-hmm. on their left arm. Well, anyway, the entire form of this alien uh, figure is made up of tons and tons of worms that are all cool. sharing the same symbiotic form, and they create this big thing called the hunter. Kind of like million um, ants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. But they're called the Lagoko, and uh, and so whenever they whenever they make the hunters, the hunters are just this mass lumbering, you know, enemy combatant that you have mm-hmm. to fight in the game. Yeah, I was always more of a Ghost Crane fan, anyway. Ghost Crane. Yeah, I mean, he's so much better than millionaires. <laughs> this has become a Rick and Morty podcast. Oh. It is. It is so transitioning. It, this is. Yeah. This is. It's just happening. You know. It just felt like the natural point <laughs> to uh, to switch it up. So, <laughs> we, focus. We, we yeah. Focus. Um, so the light in the dark was a a big theme in Forsaken. Obviously, um, you know, Aldrin when he when he kills Cade, uh, the light in the dark so very thin. Do you even know what side you're on? Like, but. Yeah, we're on the side of the light. We're fighting for the traveler. Like, obviously, we know what side we're on. We're not fighting for the dark. We're fighting for the traveler, the light. Right. <laughs> so I feel like it, the only reason why they would say the line is so very thin is not to say, are you fighting for the light or are you fighting for the dark? But to say, is your light the light? Is it this pure, untouchable thing? Like that was like one of the first clues that it is one whole spectrum of power, and you can tap into the light, you can tap into the dark, but you're you're restricting yourself, or your ghosts at the very least are restricting you. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, it's I like, feel like coming from Aldrin, it has to be more of like a mockery. Yeah, because if it was coming from Zavala, it would make sense to go, oh yeah, yeah. like you think it's mm-hmm. either the light or the dark, but with the, the the Awoken, they're so in the gray and they know it, and they know there's so much more to light and darkness that for Aldrin to say that, like, he just has to be mocking us, because he knows that it's not just light and dark. 
Yeah. So Naval, it's, it's got to really be mocking us, like, hey, like, are you light or dark? Because there's more to it. Zavala's you make a really good point. That's that's kind of the perspective of of, of the individual uh, leaders that we encounter. You know, uh-huh. if you if you if you're asking Zavala about how we should view the light, or if you're asking the <laughs> Praxics, or if you're asking the Drifter, um, yeah. they all have different opinions as to how it is. And just like you're about to say about you know the Awoken that are out there waffling in between the two, they know so much more about it already. Zavala is actually the perfect example of that because Zavala would be the type to say like, are you following the light or are you following the dark? And not to mean to say like that the light and the dark are like the same power and you don't, you're just too stupid to know that. But to literally say like what you're doing is the dark guardian. And it's like, no, it's not. It's still the light. I'm still (laughs) a gunslinger. Like, right. I think it's, it's interesting because a lot of the, you know, the traveler was dormant. Mm-hmm. You know, the traveler didn't. Ha- you know, the speaker existed because the traveler couldn't speak for itself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the the reason that there were shades of of gray is almost because we didn't have anybody. We as guardians couldn't ask the traveler like, "Is this is this okay? Like, can we? Like, I know we can't. Like, we can't communicate directly with the traveler." But there are instances where the traveler has reached out to us, like mm-hmm. the the, um, mm-hmm. the the missions on on Io. The vision, the feathers, the other things. Yeah. So, like, do you, like do you think it's possible that at some point the traveler might be kind of like, okay, yeah, this isn't what I want. Like, this isn't this isn't why I made you. Like, maybe stop stop here. Yeah. Like, is that is that? You know, when when you think of the other races that are described in the exactly. book, but yeah, like, okay, go on. Yeah, sorry. I just I just wonder, like, did they have a more direct when when the when they were fighting the the hive through history, mm-hmm. and the traveler was kind of there, propping up. Well, not propping. You know, like the the, the there were a number of civilizations that the traveler seemed to have uplifted. Mm-hmm. Okay, now. There weren't any guardians and there weren't any ghosts, but there were still people fighting against the hive. Do you think that they had a more direct conversation with the traveler? No. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I, I think they did what they could do. I, I think that the, the traveler goes to places and it's kind of uplifting you and it's letting you have that 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 control like the there were there were warlords like controlling people and the traveler didn't come in and say okay well you can't be a guardian now like but that's true but at that but with the with the warlords the traveler was dormant i guess you know like like but it didn't wake it didn't wake up for them either like no no it didn't but it, it it only woke up when it was actually at a point where right okay this is i have to like it was like make or break, mm. you know. Like it was the it was the last possible moment that it could have. Well, remember the golden dormant. age. I mean, there was a whole entire time period where it was very much awake. I guess technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that's true. And we don't know enough about that period. It seems as though the traveler did not directly communicate with yeah. anyone. That's what I, I think. Um, we yeah, know I think enough to say that it didn't communicate. 
But well, what's then, crazy how to do think we... is how the Fallen got to where they were without the Traveler once they were abandoned. I mean, they were very much able to, you know, pick up what yeah. uh, fragments they had left over to kind of cobble themselves together because as space pirates. They were That's... like a very um, advanced. There was there was a really old uh, piece of lore that me- where Varix mentions that the Cabal are actually using super old Fallen Elixni technology. Like they what? went, yeah. The Cabal are just taking their like really old stuff and they're using it because the Elixni were so advanced. And then when the Whirlwind came, it was just a societal collapse. Like what they have now were just the pieces they were able to pick up. Like they were much, okay. they were much greater than that. I had never heard that before. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that about the the Cabal and the Elixni tech. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll look for it. Like not now, because it'll just be like, like yeah, yeah, clicking. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Well, back to the light, the back to the light and the dark with the um, the emissary and the nine. Um, another thing that's neat is is their their existence on another plane is pretty interesting. Um, but it's it, it's kind of a philosoph- it's a philosophical conundrum for a lot of people because it means that. To exist in our reality, there had to have been a reality to come from where you existed on an alternate plane um, to 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 cross over into ours. Wait, but, I'm sorry, I spaced <laughs> out. What? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, okay, let me put this a little bit simpler. So, like, where the nine came from, they existed on that side of the coin. Right? Did they exist before <clears throat> us, though? Exactly. So there's the philosophical conundrum is the fact that they very much existed in an alternate, imperceivable realm. And now they exist here only because of the travelers. um, I don't I'm just going to use a word to describe it. This doesn't mean a definition, but they're the travelers rift and wake that he left as he passed through our solar system. The nine existed before the traveler, though. They existed yes, here they exist. before the traveler. Like they were, they were yeah. the the dark matter nonsense existence hinging on the human human consciousness living in the solar system and all that. And it was when the traveler came that they were like, maybe we can be something different. There you well, go. Was it, was it was it human? I th- I I thought that the nine predated humans. Well, I mean, any any form of consciousness. So there was there. I would assume there were dinosaurs. There was something before dinosaurs. You know, whatever it was, the nine existed, and they just mm-hmm. continued to exist. Well, it's like it's like saying there was always matter and there was always dark matter, and mm-hmm. then from that there was always this soupy broth of of the universe that things existed in. But until the building blocks started assimilating and, and building, you know, living creatures, and then those living creatures gained consciousness and sentience. Mm-hmm. Then we start to see the emergence of actual beings. And so I think that the philosophical conundrum that I keep saying is that the nine were very much made up of the material in between stars and out there in space. And now <clears throat> in our perceivable universe, they exist, but they've always existed. Just to us now, they are more of a form and a being that they've had to create themselves in order to commune with us. Hmm. 
how long do you think it took? Because like the nine have been creating their form. How long do you think it took for them to even create that form? Like if, if their first blink of existence came with a, uh, a living consciousness in the solar system or the planets, like whatever it was, like, did they just immediately become like a sentient nine consciousness or did they, was it a millennia of time going by that they were just becoming? My, my biggest thing that I keep seeing in my head is remember the black garden and the heart of the black garden mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that big black blob that, you know, was at the center. Yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking of just when I think of the nine trying to become a physical manifestation within our realm of existence, I keep thinking of, you know, this mass, this formless mass, just as they had described it, trying to um, exist. And in order for it to exist, it's got to, you know, grab on and use whatever's here in our existence in order to. Uh, build itself Hmm. so so i mean the vex the vex have circumvented that because they have you know time they have time manipulation plus they're made out of uh more malleable materials that are able to (laughs) i don't know you know go through the gates however that works Mm -hmm. but when you think of things and concepts like um the hive and you think of the cabal and you think of the fallen, like the fallen were, were just of this universe. But you think about the Vex had to be, the Vex had to come here through a portal that Crota opened up by accidentally being tripped. Well, I mean, they, they, got, I mean. Into, they got into to Oryx's throne because of Crota. But does that mean that they, yeah. did he, where, it's, it's asking where did he cut, what did he cut into? He could have cut into our universe and there the Vex yes. are. Yes, that's that's all I know I've heard different interpretations of that, but mm. before we go off on a on a tangent, it's always yeah, it's always been my understanding that you know, the 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 cuts that the hive kinda cut into the world, mm-hmm. they can only they, they cut quote a cut from Oryx's throne into our universe, which let the Vex in. And he was tricked into doing that by um Savathun. That's always been my understanding of, of what happened. Yeah. And I know some people have, have said, you know, that Crota kind of cut into an alternate dimension and that let the Vex in. I don't know why. I, I don't have that. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, and then, you know, yeah, like... I've the, always thought. I mean... I've always thought the other one. Oryx eventually beat back the the Vex from his throne world. But they did take a, um, a worm larva... Yes, but that I, 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 that's that's true. But I don't think that necessarily. Oh, I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying any... that's an argument for any side. I assume it's yeah, an yeah. interesting fact yeah. to, no, no, no. Yeah, to yeah, think yeah. about because you were talking about the black garden and that the mm. the black blob that they were kind of praying to. They took the worm larva and then they were like, okay, well, we don't know what the hell to do with this. So they created Quoria, which essentially dictated worship, and right. so. Obviously, when we see the Vex in the Black Garden, and we're like, "Why are they doing worshiping? Why? Why would they worship? Vex don't have a concept of religion." And then we learn Quoria dictated worship of the worm larva. So, in my opinion, the the most direct correlation is that the the black blob was a 
I don't like saying it was the worm larva itself, like that it mm. became that, but that was what became of the worm larva. Like they studied the worm larva and they be, they created the black heart from the study of it. Mm. Not from the nine. Maybe. I always presumed... Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I always presumed that the the Vex found the heart of the Black Garden and they had previous knowledge from Curia, which meant that their strategy for dealing with it was to worship it. So that was actually um, in the card. That's what Ikora says. She's like, they either found or created. And I feel like to say Mm. found or created is kind of specific and important yeah and they could yeah. they found the worm they created the heart they found the worm it became the heart whatever the because i mean we're getting we're, we're really getting off topic <laughs> but, um, well but it's all but it's all connected to what we're trying to understand within this very short story that we got just now well what so i was going to say is that if the worms are like we we've many people <clears> have speculated in relation to the Ahamkara, the Ahamkara aren't bound to a physical form. So would the worm not be able to grow up into that, like, morphing black heart? Mm. See, that's what that's what's always been a big enigma for me, is how do we know that the, the different worms aren't just different aspects of the, the races that we see in, within, you know, Destiny? I don't. I don't want to say that like, the worms are behind everything, or they're like the single origin point for everything. But how do we know that each individual worm isn't connected in some way to each individual um, being like that the, we encounter? Like the worms are controlling the cabal, like Akka and Ahamkara. You know, like well, I used to laugh. Okay, when but people like, would make like the worms are now, controlling the cabal. I don't. I wouldn't say like the worms are controlling cabal. I any think cabal any worm is, is being controlled by the cabal. I would say that the cabal are probably something else. Okay, so they're not I, every race. I I don't no. think that the yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's possible that the worms are kind of controlling every race, but I think I don't think the so. the the civil the, the entire hive civilization, you know, is founded around. The pact with the worms and i don't think there's any evidence if you look at the elixir if you look at the cabal it doesn't seem to be any any anything like that in their in their civilization the vex w- within their civilization as a whole it certainly doesn't seem like there's there's anything like that the only exception to that is the black the heart of the black garden which they did mm-hmm. worship <clears throat> well um, i just think of the worm as being something um more than what we take them as face value, that they've wriggled and wiggled their ways into, um, mm. you know, certain 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 places. Like for instance, you know, they're very much of the hive, which were proto hive beforehand, and then before that, they were whatever they were. You know, just don't even want to go down that hole. But uh, you know, there are things that there are things that seem to all be connected um, within the story. If you look at, it, if you step back and look at it at a holistic uh, viewpoint. I'm not saying that the worms are the single origin point and are the reason why everything is the way it is. All I'm saying is that they are very much embedded within every single story somehow, whether it be Fallen Cabal, Hive, us. Um, you know, we've got all the, the Taken, 
whatever. They've got some part to play within every story, it seems. And I can't help but wonder if they have wiggled in from some other place in some I, other way. I disagree that they are wiggled into everything. I think it's unfair to say that Taken and Hive are separate entities. I think it's unfair to say that they have wiggled into our story because we are just fighting them. We are not we are not being yeah. controlled by them. And also, mostly what I've been wanting to say for a second here is Dancing Viru, sorry for shaking my camera. Dancing Viru <laughs> just mentioned uh yeah, to me, the heart looked like, uh, I disagree with Oryx's heart, but Riven's heart. So an Ahamkara, the, the black heart looks like an Ahamkara heart. If Worm's Ahamkara, same, blah, blah, blah. Could they have been worshipping the black heart, the Worm Larva's heart? But, you know, I, I, I mean, Riven's heart, I always thought it, it, only, it only looked I like, like that. that. <clears throat> I like that idea, though, that 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 could have very much been a heart of something. Baxter, I always I always thought, you know, I always thought that Riven's heart kind of looked the way that it did because Riven had been taken. Oh, hmm. you know, Ooh. which kind of flips the, you know, I, I don't know. We don't we don't have any other Ahamkara hearts to compare it to. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Such, they're they're just you know, it's out of season. We gotta wait until winter. <laughs> yeah, Ahamkara season. Isn't Riven's heart yellow at the end? I don't think so. I I know at the end they're cleansing it, so maybe. How do we go through yellow? his stomach and end up in in his heart? <laughs> well, I mean, it's on the way. The heart does it's turn into like a yellow. I think it looks like a yellow like stone. What have you done the raid like twice? Now you know everything. I was there both the times. Than you. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. It, does it actually turn yellow, Guardian? Because you were you were the one that carried it to the end. But like, could that not just be the cleansing or the fact that like our team always shoot the heart for no reason, and it could just be triggering the solar burn? Hmm. No, because I run it a couple different times, and every time I've been at the end with the heart, it does transform from looking like the Black Garden heart to, I think it looks like a yellow like gemstone. Hmm. Like a smaller rock just, once it's cleansed inside the pit. I'm just watching a video now. That's interesting. That, that, is, that is interesting, though. Mm -hmm. I didn't notice anything yellow. Maybe it's like the um, the ghost from the second invitation of the nine that like has different colors oh, based on nothing. <laughs> if you do that on an alternate character, will you get a different color ghost? Maybe. <laughs> you might. It's actually, it's actually blue. Okay, well we're not like doing a this. Soft blue. But, yeah, red I, and can, green I so can send the link. Like um. I'll post it in the. I'm, this is just Professor Perlman's uh, mm. video. Is that going to work? Do, do, do. Oh, it hasn't got the time. So go on. back to the tarot, Badon. What do you think is happening there with the tarot cards? Are we seeing a fortune telling or are we seeing yeah. some sort of a. 
Yes, he, Sean Vertigo just says he watched it and he saw red. Don't even the the heart doesn't exist. It it is it is uh, the the heart is alive. <laughs> uh, with the tarot cards though, we have nine invitations coming. We're gonna have nine individual tarot cards, and I personally think that if you were to lay out the cards, like that's that's kind of the issue. Is it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or is it order of flip? You know. Yeah. So, um. Are there any fortune tellers in the chat right now? Because <laughs> you don't flip the tarot card. You don't flip them left to right. You know, they, they get flipped in a certain order. Even even if they're yeah. three by three, you don't flip them mm-hmm. left to right, top to bottom. You flip them in a certain order. So is the world the first flip or is the world the top left? Hmm. Which, is that the first flip? I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about any of this. So. Either way, I did look into what it would be. I I laid out my prediction of the cards, of the order I'm of the cards. I'm actually proud of you for that. That's pretty neat. That takes a lot. Yeah. It did. It took me like an hour. Um but so I laid out the <laughs> prediction of the cards and um I laid out and I went through, and I'll I'll pull it up because I I can just get it on my phone really fast. Um I went through and I like kind of said seen saw what it would be predicted upon like just the the base words so in the past there was travel accomplishment harmony new perspectives which yeah yeah that would be an accurate prediction of the golden age the traveler uh, accomplishment the golden age harmony there was like a new piece of the world new perspectives mm. you know so then the present fairness truth cause and effect sudden change upheaval awakening manifestation mm-hmm. of resourcefulness power inspired action stuff like that and that that fits very well again it's like we have new powers coming we just had our tower destroyed the uh, traveler is awoken now well, not awoken it has awakened mm-hmm. now and then i'll leave the future out for right now mm-hmm. we'll see uh, where it is in the end but uh the future was pretty interesting too mm exciting it is that is exciting i I like that they did that yeah i I hope i hope it was intentional like i hope they weren't just like yeah this one sounds good but i mean it doesn't just go in a number order so yeah they they tend to put so much thought into these things that Mm -hmm. you know i i would be surprised if it wasn't if there wasn't some thought put into it yeah Um, well and you know what's funny is um and, and i know this is just off topic real quick but um, just the just the nature of using tarot cards uh, is a callback too to some of the esoteric um, uh, what do you call them? Esoter- I guess Easter eggs that we've learned before, like um, the the Helena co- quote that Rasputin uses to get us to go to Io. Uh-huh. Um, she's a mystic in uh, an esoteric. Um, medium you know from from way back when that was very highly respected uh back in the day and so i think that it's neat that they've used these these things that are by design yeah yeah by design uh originally thought to have some sort of dealings with our own awakening into a astral plane or Mm -hmm. uh and being able to uh gain control of a power that's always been there that we just haven't awakened to does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea is that it's always been stored within you. You just haven't gained the conscious uh, ability to manifest it or, you know, wield it in a way. 
Mm. So um, we're coming close to the end of our show, and I wanted to talk about one more thing since we actually do have the time. Uh, we'll have to keep it quick, though. So the Queen's Court entries are kind of done. You know, Mara's off fighting the next war, and apparently she's in trouble. Um, but we do actually have um, kind of insight of what's going on. In the rocket launcher sleepless lore tab, um, Mara didn't have the dream. Shiraido had the dream. And in the dream, she sees Mara on top of one of the pyramids. And she punches it and it like cracks in two. And Aldrin's there and he's saying um, like Promethea or something like that. Or am I confusing that with Borderlands? Yeah, no. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Uh, he's there and he's saying something, but obviously, Aldrin's dead. So, could it just be the prediction, the, the vision that Shiraido saw wasn't completely true? Or could it be it took into account Aldrin becoming a guardian? And so, Aldrin is no more. Aldrin is dead. Whoever the guardian will be will not be Aldrin. But also, before he died, he kind of had a lot of shit going on with Amkara. And he had these philosophies, the light and dark, it's so very thin. So where will Aldrin fall on on this kind of plot? Like, is... And especially because, like, pulled pork. Like, it's pretty agreed upon that pulled pork was his ghost. And so, like, there was that, like, little tease. Oh, maybe you'll resurrect the greatest guardian ever. And... Mm-hmm. We always talk about, like, people always like to say, oh, we're the most powerful guardian ever. We destroyed the Vault of Glass, the Crota's End, and this and that. Look at all the people that failed, and we did it. We we succeeded. We're the best. And it's like, that doesn't mean that we're stronger. That just means we got lucky. Like, right. we, just, we just had the better team. I think but, it's, it's, it's one of those things, like, especially the Vault of Glass. Mm-hmm. Like, without the Aegis. Yes, we exactly. Could, like, you know. Without without the sacrifice that Kaber made and the other the other Ugh. members of the first fire team, I hate that pronunciation. You know, that is that word Sorry. again. That Could sacrifice be, uh, thing. Kabar. Always... Ka- cabal. <laughs> cabal. Without the without the sacrifice of the cabal. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but so that's that's kind of my point. What, could could it possibly be that Aldrin will be one of the front runners of a? I, I, I don't want to use this term, but a gray guardian. Mm. Where, like, we have the drifter who's apparently able to tap in to mm-hmm. multiple spectrums of the light. And he, you know, I'm no herald of the dark. I don't use the dark. Don't worry. And no one's ever seen his ghost. Like, that's a big thing. Like, no one has seen his ghost. But yeah. that's that's unrelated. Could Aldrin actually be another one who has such a capability? I think, you know... Aldrin has, uh, you know, nobody nobody knows that he's a guardian other than us yes, yet. Yeah, really. Um, and Mara. I think, yeah, I think when uh, when Aldrin arrives, like like what kind of, re- whenever a guardian is like arrives at the tower, they tend to get a pretty warm reception. It's like, oh, you're a new guardian. Do they? Like, well, I mean. Because we have that yeah, entry um, with Hawthorne where she sees the new guardian and they were just like, yeah, here you go. And they just like kind of tossed him into the tower. And she's like, yeah, well, I'll help him. She's a jerk. Well, okay, it might, not be a, it might not be a warm welcome, but it's definitely going to be a warmer welcome than, than yeah. Oh, yeah. Trin would get. Like, oh, look, it's the guy who killed our 
beloved Hunter Vanguard. Yep. Like I thought he was dead. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> How many? Like and and you know he's he's not going to get a warm welcome. No. You know? He is hated by the majority of of guardians. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that will just lead to a different. You know, most guardians are are, are at worst kind of ambivalent towards mm-hmm. other new guardians. Mm-hmm. Guardians He's are called. accepted. He will be unaccepted. What will that yes. cause? Yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, I hope that he's kind of. I hope that he's one of the ones to kind of take us down that path because I think if it's solely the Drifter, there's so many people that are like, I don't like the Drifter. He's fucking weird, and it's like, well, I guess even more people mm-hmm. hate Aldrin, but. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a I mean, redemption never... story that we're gonna see eventually. Mm. But it's interesting because, like, you know, Aldrin was completely manipulated into He was. The, you know, right. it's not... I, I'm not saying he's a nice guy, you know, but at the same time, he's not a... He, I, I still don't think of Aldrin as a as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think that right. he was a puppet of Riven or whoever yeah. else was pulling the strings. And the perfect example of how true that is, is he was eaten by yes. the... The, the chimera. He was eaten by the chimera and then when we destroy the chimera and he falls out of its stomach somehow, he's just like, yeah. where's my sister? It's like, <laughs> dude, you are you are long gone. Like, I felt bad yeah, for right. him. I was like, I, yeah. would, I, I wouldn't kill him. Throw him in the prison no. of elders, whatever, but I wouldn't kill him. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that happened. I'm not saying he doesn't need to be punished. I'm just saying the death was unnecessary. And I mean, all those people that did kill him, that are like, yeah, I fucking killed him. Like, oh, look what you caused. Hmm. Poor guy. <clears throat> but yeah. Yeah, screw him. I hope. So. I, I really hope. Um, they keep up with the allegiance quests though mm. the style of allegiance quests where like yeah. we'll get these simple choices like one mm. of the stolen inten- intelligence entries just to kind of um completely change the topic we see that there are three kel of kells rising we have Varix mm. making the house of judgment we have Mith- mithrax making the house of light and we have aramis who is trying to revive the house of devils and all of them are going for Kel of Kells. The only real threat is Aramis. Like, you know, Varix is our friend, and he's kind of a alright guy, and Mithrax is completely like, no, I want to side with the Guardians. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm with you. We're good. Aramis is the one that's going to be like, I'm going to destroy the city, I'm going to take the Traveler, we're going to have our Golden Age back, we're going to be, you know, pirates or whatever the hell they're going to do. You're going to tow the Traveler like the Drifter, you know. Um, Embrace the darkness. And so what, I, what I'd really like to see is that we have the choice to make between Varix and Mithrax. And ultimately, the story is going to go the same way. We're going to fight and kill Aramis, right? They're the threat. We have two good guys to pick, though. Pick from them. And ultimately, if you side with Varix... You're siding with the side that got Cade killed. I don't think Ultron is wholly <laughs> responsible. I think the one who's actually responsible is Varix. He was like, oh, yeah, you're crazy? Yeah, you can go. You, you can get out of here. We'll let you out of this prison. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, like, 
I do think that, that Mithrax has had this almost like a he's had a change of perspective that 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 is like you know we if you can't beat him join him mm-hmm. you know um i feel like varix hasn't had quite the you know varix is like people have forgotten the old ways mm-hmm. we need to bring back the old ways and i respect and that. i'm not yeah I, I, but i but i don't think that varix is going to be mm-hmm. i think mithrax is going to be more accepting of of guardians and the mm-hmm. light than than varix is absolutely you know? um, oh. I'm always, you know, I'm, I was, I'm a big fan of Varix, and I'm, you know, I, I really, uh, I liked his character and his story, mm-hmm. but I think, it, you know, I, I think siding with Mithrax would be the better option for the city and for for, for Guardians. Mm-hmm. Same. Interesting. I also mm-hmm. think, um, to kind of bring it right back into everything. So on their first visit to the Invitations of the Nine, um, the emissary mentions how three other people, two other people from the Drifter, two others than the mm-hmm. Drifter, were gifted from the ni- gifted by the Nine, uh, yeah. the Hourglass and the Blade Sharpened Anew. And so, to me, my opinion is that the Blade Sharpened Anew is actually Mithrax. And canonically, in the Enemy of My Enemy quest, because if you don't know, you can either shoot Mithrax and kill both Mithrax and the knight, or you can shoot the knight and then Mithrax will just leave. But I think canonically, we killed Mithrax because in one of the um, most loyal lore book entries, we have Varix talking to Cade saying, oh, you know, Fallen have, have ways of coming back to life. Like Tanix, who was more machine than Fallen, so he can just, you know, upload a new machine. But he mm-hmm. also says, like Mithrax, who to this point is just a normal Fallen. He should have no way of returning to life. Like, that should not be within his power. So, could the Nine have revived Mithrax and said, form a house of light, align with the light, be another one of our emissaries as a way to to bridge kind of a treaty with us and the traveler. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I I mean, if if we get another allegiance Mithrax versus Varix, it's going to be another like 80-20, I think. Well, yeah. actually, people would have to know. I have to go on a very strong propaganda campaign against Varix, but I will do it. Varix yeah. is a piece of shit. <sighs> End show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does anyone have uh, anything else they want to say? No, I mean, I'm just excited. I guess there are going to be, hopefully, six more... Yeah, six um, new ones. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they're going to repeat? Should be exciting. Well, I don't know, because I think the fact that the... I don't know. We'll see. Because, like, with uh, Mara's court, we can still go... There's just no yeah. one there. Yeah. So either we'll just go into the derelict and then to the hall and there will be a chest waiting for us or maybe they'll repeat the cycle. There's more cutscenes coming too. I'm really excited about that. Like yeah, that's pretty cut cool. Scenes. Yeah. So we've got all these little cutscenes, these little vignettes to look forward to. <clears throat> I exciting. wonder if one of them will be actually about Aldrin. That'd be awesome. Like to get like another snippet of Aldrin existence. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like maybe yeah. maybe maybe out in the wild other guardians do see him and they like mm-hmm. hunt him down or something. Ooh. Like that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. How many okay, so when is the season, when is Penumbra? Three months from now. Yeah. So how many weeks is that? At least twelve. Or okay. at least eight. Yeah. You know, there's there's also we have the revelry to look forward to in yeah, between here and Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. But I'm wondering so season okay, so we're in the season of the drifter. So then we've got let's let's say hypothetically we've got would we say six more weeks? Yeah, give or take. Um, uh two yeah. minutes. Two months, two and a half months. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's about that's about exactly the amount of time. Oh yeah. The next. Yeah. Mm. That's perfect. Same with um. Same with the truth to power. Truth to power will end just before Penumbra. Mm. Mm. So that'll actually line up really well. That can like get a lot of things going. Um, but so uh, if you want to find more about us, we are on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show, just like the name and the. I can't point at it, Baxter. Can you point to the like this? Wait, yeah, is that... you got it. No, no first one. Yep, is this is where okay. Baxter. Yep, where Baxter is currently pointing. Name just spelt like that. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet a lot, so put it on notifications. We'll say when we're going live, what the topic of the next week will be, and we will be back in two weeks because that's how we do our show on the fourteenth of April. April fourteenth. Oh, well, that's easy. 14 days, two weeks. Look at that. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Thanks.